Hello. Mike, where are you? Sorry, I'm I'm late. I'm coming through London right now. We've got a podcast to record. You're supposed to be in the studio like right now. We're both here. Love that I got from Scotland before you arrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I literally just stepped off the underground. I'm I'm running through Soho as we speak. I'll be like five minutes max. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, could you could you just be careful? Don't bump into any knife-wielding maniacs on your way. It's fine. I'm in the middle of a busy city full of people. Everyone knows nothing like that ever happens in a city. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hello Sydney, a limited podcast series supported by Paramount that cuts deep into one of the most iconic horror franchises. Hello. Let's play a game. I'm Louise Blaine, a journalist and broadcaster, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, writer and broadcaster Anna Bogutskaya. Hello. And producer and podcaster Mike Munzer. Hello. Last year, we sliced and diced our way through each movie in the Scream franchise, from the 1996 original to the 2022 requel. And now, because you've got to have a sequel, we're back to discuss our thoughts and predictions on the upcoming Scream 6, coming to cinemas on the 10th of March. You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. It's been a year, guys. We're back here. We're back in the same studio. The Hello Sydney gang is back together again. It's so cozy. It's it so cozy. And we're going to talk about people being stabbed, but it's so cozy. <laughs> it's our favourite thing to do. I've got a mug of warm tea and with two of my favourite people, I'm about to talk about lots of stabby things. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's been a quick year, actually. It doesn't feel like a whole year since we've all been sat here doing this. It really does not. But it's no. been a whole last year since we saw Scream 5. Yes. And now we are we're back doing Hello Sydney again. And that could only mean one thing. There's a new Scream film coming. And at this point in time, we're recording this. None of us have seen Scream 6 yet, right? So uh, for anyone listening, we're not going to spoil Scream 6. We know as much as you do. We've seen the trailer, right? We've all we've all seen, we've scrutinised the trailer. We may be talking quite a bit we about have, the trailer, yes. but we don't know anything more than that. So we will be discussing, maybe spoiling the first five Scream movies, right? Definitely spoiling the first five. <laughs> <laughs> but, but nothing beyond that. Um, and there are, of course, five other wonderful Hello Sydney episodes for people to catch up on still, right? And people are still catching up. Can we just say to the listeners, thank you so much for discovering this little podcast and leaving <laughs> us such wonderful reviews, most of which are, why are you not making more? You know what? We're not making more because we're not making more Scream movies. The minute they start making Scream movies, we're going to make more episodes. Exactly. That's why we're here. Yes. <laughs> and can I just say that watching on the way here, I was multiply watching the trailer don't watch the trailer on the tube, guys. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was standing up, holding onto the holding onto the bar, watching the trailer, going, "Oh, they're all just standing on a tube train, holding onto a bar." And I start sort of looking up and down mm-hmm. the train carriage, searching a Hellraiser mask. Mm-hmm. The, the Babadook <laughs> just hiding in the background, a little white face. Yes, oh. yes, because of course, maybe this is where we should start, right? By saying that 
All we really know about Scream 6, and we'll talk about that some of the cast members are returning, obviously we've got ghost faces back, but it's being set in New York City, right? And mm-hmm. obviously quite a lot of the marketing has been centred on scenes taking place, like you said, Louise, on the subway, out in the city. Uh, how do we feel about that? about Ghostface in the City? Well, first of all, that's a great name for a horror spin-off of Sex in the City. <laughs> I'd watch that. I, I would watch yep. that. But, okay, so traditionally, mm. and I'm already leaning into my Debbie Downer persona, traditionally, when horror films or horror franchises take their big bad villains to a big bad city, usually New York City, sometimes London, if they're fancy, it usually doesn't go very well, does it? It's like mm. a last resort. Although, having endured, and that's the word I'm going to use for the Children of the Corn series recently, (laughs) Children of the Corn Urban Harvest, in which the corn and the husks (laughs) make it to the city, was actually the most entertaining because it had a giant stupid monster in it that I found very entertaining. But maybe that's the exception to the city-based rule. But yeah, I love it so much. So for context, right, Louise, you had to watch all, is it 10 Children of the Corn films? Yeah, for some, for, maybe for, 11. I'm not sure yeah. now. He's trying to force me back for the new one. For, That's not going to happen. This is for Brain Rock Podcast. But you're right, Anna. You know, a lot of the time, this generally means franchises have jumped the shark, doesn't it? You've got Jason Takes Manhattan in Friday the 13th, which <laughs> some people have a lot of fondness for. Um, but it was, you know, part eight. They were running out of ideas. Mm-hmm. There's the Leprechaun series, Leprechaun in the Hood. Let's is... not discuss the Leprechaun series. Let's <laughs> but, not tarnish this podcast with that. But you're right. Usually that's a red flag, right, with the slasher franchise. I will say one thing. Having rewatched uh, Scream 5 earlier this morning, which I will always recommend people rewatch horror movies over breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's best Delicious. There is a point when Sam says that they're going to do something that no one else has done and that they're actually going to, and I quote, get the fuck out of Woodsboro. Yes. Yep. So it, I'm, it, I don't think necessarily it was planted, but it does make sense mm-hmm. with the characters. I, I also think that it's a knowledge. It's that extra knowledge, isn't it? It's that extra meta layer that we have now come to appreciate with Scream as they say, well, what do horror movies do at this point? Oh, they go to the city. And they sub- so they subvert it. But I think what's interesting about this city sort of location is they're saying, you know, that's why it's so scary is because you're surrounded by people. You're not Casey Baker in her house waiting for her parents to come back. You're surrounded by people who still don't give a singular fuck. Yes. And I think that's why it's interesting that I think Scream can do this without having to literally jump the shark. And the other thing that makes Scream in particular very adaptable to the take the villain to the city um format is that as we've discussed throughout the previous episodes the thing about Ghostface is that it's not a singular villain Mm. anybody can be Ghostface Ghostface is a mask that multiple different people for their own reasons have donned and there's either one or two killers and it always changes as they say in Scream 5 the whole Scream the Stab franchise but it really is the Scream franchise is a meta slasher whodunit Mm -hmm. like that's the thing so actually putting them in a city might mean that quite literally anybody could be Ghostface. Yeah. And as we see in the trailer, which we'll come to in a few minutes, there are multiple Ghostfaces. 
Yeah, I love that about it. And I think you're right. You know, each Scream is sort of about something, right? And we talked about this with our first five episodes. You know, Scream 1, very much about slashers. Scream 2 was about sequels. Scream 3, trilogies. Scream 4 was sort of about reboot culture. And Scream 5 was about the requel. And so I was thinking, you know, what is Scream 6 going to be commenting on? And I think it would be a really fun idea if that is what it's commenting on. This idea that, well, now we're at part six of the franchise. This is usually where most slasher franchises kind of plummet, right? And I and and you know we have to take the killer to space or to the city or whatever and i wonder if scream is going to find a way to kind of smartly comment on that so i was thinking about this earlier because i'm like exactly what you just said mike Mm. what is the theme what is the commentary on in this round time round because they can't do requels again because they've just done that and i was thinking what has changed in the landscape of cinema both horror and and otherwise and it's been the franchising of everything. Even our concept of a franchise has radically changed in the last 10 years, not just in the last 12 months. So, and you can see that as well a little bit in the trailer, not to get ahead of myself, but this um, extra technology that we're seeing at play, which has never been something of the Scream franchises. Now the playground is better, is bigger, they're Manhattan, there's multiple different ghost faces, even more than just two people with a grudge or a toxic fandom gone wrong. So I wonder if actually what it's commenting on is the franchification, that's a word that I just made Love up, it. of everything. I had this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. So maybe we should start by talking about who's coming back. You know, we've got a bunch of people coming back from Scream 5. First of all, obviously, it's directed by the same pair of directors as Scream 5, Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett. Um, And then we've got a bunch of characters who are returning who survived the previous movie, right? So we've got the twins, Mindy Meeks and Chad Meeks, played by uh, Jasmine Savoy-Brown and Mason Gooding. We've got some legacy characters coming back. We've got Gail Weathers, of course, returning. And we've got another character from Scream 4 coming back who we'll get to in just a moment. And then we've got our final girls, our sisters, right? Sam Carpenter and Tara Carpenter, played by Melissa Barrera and Jenny Ortega. And this is this is interesting, isn't it? That we've kind of got sort of two final girls in, in this era of the franchise. Yeah, we thought we thought Sam was our final girl. Mm. But I think it could go either way in this, in the fact that obviously Jenna Ortega has just exploded in popularity. So either she's our new final girl or... I think you and I were discussing this, Mike, you were saying, well, actually, she's really successful. So maybe she doesn't want to be a final girl. So maybe she's going to disappear off and do multiple Wednesday seasons and all of these other things and doesn't have to do Scream. So we kind of have this we kind of have this diversification point Mm. where we've still got Gail, the only member of the old guard left, as we will discuss. But we have all of these new people. And one thing I noticed when we when I rewatched last year's scream is just how many of them survive and i swear they only survive so that they can get killed in scream six i think the body count for scream six is going to be vast simply because 
all the people that we thought we saw die were sort of scraped up off the ground, popped into ambulances. <laughs> and, uh, blanket over them. D- don't start me on that blanket. I, I mean, I still love last year's scream, but did you notice that at the end, both Sydney and Gail are wrapped in like blankets sitting in an ambulance? They were both shot and stabbed. Hello, internal bleeding. Let's yeah. just not check. You know, the youth, you know, Gen Z, they're yeah. fine. They're getting into ambulances, etc. But no, no, it's just a flesh wound. Gail, you know, and, Gail they're and too Sydney, hardcore. Yeah, they they're are. too they hardcore. They're just like, whatever, another gunshot wound. They're just wound. sitting there sure. with their blanket and their ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah, being like, they these youths, they, they can't even take a little stabbing. All these although, although, actually, re-watching, because I rewatched Scream 5 this week as well, and I think it's something we discussed last year, but how much does poor Tara, General oh. Tegas' character, get stabbed? And they make a joke in the film and call her a pincushion, don't they? Yeah. But she can, she can take some stabbing, that girl. So... I have a kind of a radical thought listening to you speak about who they're bringing back and who they might let survive for, you know, a Scream 7, mm. should there be a Scream 7. What if they just kill them all off? That's something not a single Scream film has done yet. Mm. Start fresh, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. I agree with you that I think they are going to kill more people this year and they're going to kill some of those survivors. It's hard to know with our two final girls. Like you said, Louise, General Taker, I mean, that is the one thing that has changed in the last year. General Taker has become like a superstar, hasn't she? Like you said, Wednesday, a whole bunch of other movies that she's been in. And yet, does that mean that she's more likely to step into the spotlight and be the new star of the franchise? Or does it mean that she's too busy and maybe they will kill her off because she's too busy with other projects you know could go either way yeah it really really could and also she's i mean she's always been a star she's been so good from the very beginning yeah and in the last in the last 12 months she's exploded especially in the horror genre not just with wednesday the series but also with x yes um by ty west obviously with scream last year mm-hmm. so there's been she's really solidified her her star in this space and i genuinely i don't know mm. i'm glad i don't know because it could go either way she could either stay and become the new Sydney Prescott mm-hmm. or she could go off and, and lead another franchise. Yeah, she could be like Sarah Michelle Gellar was in Scream 2 and have her big guest appearance and then exactly. go off and be a big star, you know? It's hard to know. And then Sam as well, who's an interesting character, Sam Carpenter, who really was our sort of star of Scream 5, wasn't she? And she's got this troubled past where her father was Billy Loomis and all of that, so she's got that kind of... The film, which I sort of forgot about until I revisited it, the film kind of teased that she might be the killer, right? Mm-hmm. That, that maybe she takes after her dad and, you know... This nature versus nurture thing. I wonder if they're going to do anything more with that in Scream 6 or if that's been kind of forgotten about and now she's just our final girl. I wonder if she'll still see her dad or whether she'll start seeing other people. (sighs) Is she going to see her... Supernatural. Yeah, and is she going to see her ex? Yes. Like... I mean, oh, haunted yeah, by Richie. the toxic men yeah. of her life. Yep. Mm. I mean, that's that could be really interesting because int- having introduced that, it would have mm-hmm. been a lot for her to be seeing multiple people. But we've already seen it. It can continue. I do feel like Scream 5 kind of ended the conversation about nature versus nurture because she solidified herself as I'm not a killer. I'm not Billy Loomis. Mm. I will put that behind me and I'm going to forge my own path. Interestingly, maybe a little bit facetiously, the other big discourse that has happened in the last 12 months is the Nepo Baby discourse. And I'm just going to posit it now. Is Sam the Nepo Baby of serial killings? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, the Nepo Baby. That is... If, if, and Scream are always very on the button with these types, sorts of topics, so maybe... These, ser- these serial killers, they get all the opportunities. <laughs> None of the other serial killers get a look in. <laughs> 
what do we think of why are they in New York? Like this is this is the thing that's kind of interesting me. You know, is it that they've gone to college? You know, because it looks like from the trailer, all of our main characters from the previous film have gone to New York together. We see Mindy, Chad, Sam, and Tara with Gail as well. Why are they all in New York? Do we think New York? It's literally elevated horror. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Like it's, Skyscrapers, That's elevators. why the ladder, they're going to make an elevated horror joke on that ladder that, that is in the trailer. That's an elevated horror joke. That's that's why they're in New York. Love why it. Verticality. Are we, why are we, doing this? we should be writing Scream 7. This is the caliber. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about the returning character. Mm. Well, let's talk about the two main returning characters. Mm-hmm. We've got Gail Weathers, obviously, played by Courtney Cox. And we've also got the return of Kirby from yes. Scream 4, played by Hayden Panettiere. Mm. Now, I want to talk about the fact that we already know this, which is quite a bold move. We already know from the trailer that Kirby comes back. Yeah. She was, she was killed, but not officially, not fully dead in Scream 4. And she's been a beloved character by the scream by the screamies <laughs> the fandom what do we think about her return so am i right in saying she's in law enforcement from what we can gather so there's a shot of her in the trailer where it looks like she's got a gun and a badge right, so okay. i think she's a cop in right. new york which is interesting right i wouldn't have guessed that of her <laughs> because i think and i maybe maybe harking back to previous hello sydney episodes she was initially meant to be the new hero of wes craven's new trilogy mm, wasn't she mm-hmm. and then you know Sadly, what happened happened and rest in peace. But I think she was always meant to be there. So the fact that she is na- is arriving now is particularly satisfying because we wanted to see her for so long. But I do think that seeing her now means that she's automatically got a question mark over her as to, well, is she the killer? Yeah. She's, it's just a massive question mark. I mean, that that or the, the first thing I saw thought when I saw her was, oh, you're automatically a suspect, and I hate that you're a suspect, but you really are. I love it. I love that we're getting Kirby back, and of course, you know, just to remind people, the last time we saw Kirby, she was in Scream Four. She was a fan favorite character in Scream Four. Uh, the last we saw her, she was stabbed and seemingly killed by Rory Culkin's character, Charlie, right? The killer in Scream 4. Left for dead, and we never knew one way or the other if she was dead. And because she was such a fan favourite, I think so many fans speculated, oh, she's not dead. And and it, it's great that it felt like the the franchise kind of heard that. Yeah. <laughs> and they've kind of, and they, they dropped in that little Easter egg in, in Scream 5, where you see like a YouTube video link, a right? Yeah. Something about Kirby being a survivor. Um, and it's awesome that she's come back but yeah the trailer doesn't really give much away I wonder how much she's going to be in it for all we know with a Scream film she could be in the opening scene and then get killed or she could be in one step she could be like Randy in Scream 2 and be in it as a supporting character and then be brutally murdered mm-hmm. she could be the killer yeah she it's, re- it's going to be Dewey. really interesting to know or exactly we need a new Dewey we need because a new law enforcement hero potentially I do think it's very pointed that they chose to make her a cop mm-hmm. uh, as an adult because now we have that absence of, you know, a benevolent, um, I don't know, authority figure. Not yeah. that Dewey was ever really that much of an authority, bless him. Yeah. But we do have that in Kirby now. Or is the film going to be commenting more on, you know, everything that's been going on with the police in America mm-hmm. over the last few years? And, and, and that lends towards the theory that maybe she's going to be a baddie if she's a cop. I don't know. That's not something that the that's not something that the Scream franchise has done yet up until this point. All of the cops have actually been pretty decent, haven't they, in the Scream franchise up until this point? They, 
the amount of law enforcement could also suggest the sort of idea of a true crime narrative and a true crime obsession. Yes. Because that is something that they've not quite touched on. They kind of, that was Jill's thing, was becoming famous for surviving, which mm-hmm. was more about sort of influencer and mm, reality, I survived. TV yeah, and, she just yeah. wanted the fame part of it. But the idea of people who are completely obsessed with true crime mm-hmm. and idolising killers and listening to endless podcasts and all the things that we all do, that would be an interesting platform to do that as well. So we'd get like an insider look via the police, then being talking about, oh, you know, we've had people desperately try and make podcasts about it. And obviously, horrifically, what we've seen recently in the UK with what's been happening on TikTok mm-hmm. with that horrible case of that poor missing woman. You know, that that kind of, that horrible snowballing of we deserve to know we're armchair detectives. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating concept that's that I think they're smart enough to take on. I agree. And it's also something that if you think about it, has been embedded in the DNA of Scream from the very first one because Gail Weathers made her name by writing a true crime book about the murder of Sydney's mom. Yep. That's how she became embroiled in the whole Woodsboro story. And then obviously within the narrative, the stab movies are based on her book, The Woodsboro Murders. So to she, the point where she blamed herself for exactly. Scream 5. So she is very much a part of the true crime narrative. That has been her... Um, her bread and butter for her entire career. That's also why she was so reviled in the first couple of movies. And she's had her own redemption arc and kind of even in in Scream 5 has this moment of regret towards Sydney where she apologizes for even having started all of it by writing that book to begin with. So that could be a really interesting um, circle where they lock that in, especially, as you point out, Louise, with with how massively true crime has blown up as a genre in the last decade or so yeah this is my big theory too i think it's going to lean more into a true crime obsessive rather than for example a stab movie obsessive like it feels when you look at the imagery in the trailer and maybe this is where we can get start getting into the trailer but there's these really interesting sort of clips that people have become really interested in and obsessed with where this killer for one thing he has a different mask to every other ghost face he's got a kind of worn dirty looking ghost face mask but is that an og one Exactly. That's right? what I was thinking. And yeah. there is this thing where it, the trailer makes it look like at least the killer has some sort of shrine room to Ghostface as a killer, right? And it's not about the movies necessarily. It's about the real life people mm-hmm. that have killed and murdered people over the last 20 years. So you've got nine mannequins because there have been nine killers so far in the franchise. And there are kind of what looks like kind of almost sort of evidence like boxes, glass boxes, glass boxes yeah. full of what I am taking to be real evidence rather than props from the stab movies or whatever. Yeah. And I wonder whether this movie is kind of, if maybe we're done now commenting on the stab movies and if this is going to be more about somebody who's actually obsessed with the real serial killers, you know, in some way. That's that's the way it's kind of made it look like in the trailer. Mm. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Everything about the trailer does feel very different. Mm. Like it's a, you know, they've they've said this is the most relentless, unique ghost face there has been, but it does feel really different. There's an energy to the trailers. Like it's not just that cut, cut, cut excitement thing. There's a genuine ghost face uses a gun, which I'm sure we'll discuss in a minute. Yes. Like it just feels unstoppable in that kind of uber slasher way but almost going different the the rules feel different they're always in peril throughout the entire and I know that's what a trailer is for but it genuinely feels much more like horrible thriller excitement Mm. rather than 
a traditional screen movie. It doesn't feel as personal as the previous ones. It feels more like this is a serial killer and these would be sort of additional bonus skills yeah. that would add to their um to their to their list, to their shrine. Yeah. But they're not necessarily purists in the way that all of the killers have been up until this point. You know, even in the last one in Scream 5, you know, this the purity of the fandom that was yes. explored and how that can turn obsessive and toxic. Here, Ghostface is using guns. There's a, a lot more emphasis on the technology. The mask is different. The voice is different. He even calls himself on that phone call to Gail. There's been no one like me before. Mm. So I think there's a there's a lot of emphasis that this one is different. And I don't mean necessarily just in a marketing kind of way, but I think it comes down to the approach that the killer is taking this time, or the killers. Yeah, it seems more dark, violent, more chaotic. Also, there's no comedy in that trailer at all. Like there that's are no right. there are no jokes, and maybe again that's just careful trailer cutting but they've made it look more serious i think you know even when you watch scream five four three trailers they have those little quips and jokes in them whereas this one has none it it, it looks like it's played quite straight you know and it's literally dark yes the whole trailer is dark they're in the underground there's no light coming into that it's really claustrophobic it's mm. crammed with people even when they're outside on that ladder everything's dark everything is just very looks very sort of seven kind of scuzzy yeah. almost and quite Gritty. quite saw like almost there's definitely something very i, th- I thought saw when i saw i thought all so the shrine too, yeah. stuff and th- another theory that some people have, have, have had which is quite interesting is this would be the first time potentially where it could be all taking place in one night across one night this movie Ooh. because like you said all of it is looks like it's at night and they all seem to be together as a group you know like running from sort of trains to you know shops to apartments and it could be one relentless long pursuit through a night as well in New York City. It's like Scream meets After Hours like everything happens in one crazy night which is actually a format they haven't done before it's usually quite spaced out there's a lot of stalking and toying with the victims and here it might just be no I want to murder you and it has to happen tonight for whatever reason and also that kind of eggs on that sort of unstoppable nature of mm-hmm. what's going to happen next mm-hmm. where, is they going, where are they going to pop up next presuming it is not just if it's one unstoppable ghost face I am here for that as well though <laughs> yeah it makes more sense too doesn't it because you just think if you're in the middle of New York City and this is happening over the course of like a week it's like either they would just leave the city or they would go and like lock themselves in a police precinct you know like and I feel like it would make more narrative sense actually if it is just them running from a killer or multiple killers through one night you know it makes more sense shall we dive into some of the the theories that have already oh my God, populated so, the internet yes. and the reddits. I'm so excited by some of these theories. <laughs> some of these are genuinely batshit and some of them are delightful. Magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Truly yeah. magnificent. <laughs> so let's start with um, some. what have been some of the biggest theories, the ones that are getting more traction. Well, I think there are multiple theories about the killer in this one and the killer's motive. That's what people love to speculate on, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Who's the killer going to be? What's their motive? How are they going to link to, you know, our, our main characters? And for most of the Scream films, uh, they link to Sidney Prescott. And of course, this one, I'm guessing, is not going to do that. We haven't had a, talk, a chance to talk about Nev Campbell yet, but obviously she's not in this movie. Mm-hmm. And so there is going to be a different kind of motive, a different kind of connection, potentially. And so many of the current theories involve, in one way or another, Stu, Matthew Lillard's character. And we made lots of jokes about this last year, it's didn't we? <laughs> 
Anna, your pickle. <laughs> My deranged pickle is coming back. We we so wanted to see pickled stew in Scream 5. He's been working out for 20 years. He's been building that ghost face bat cave. He's been collecting all of these things. What My do precious we, pickle. What do we think? Louise, is stew actually going to be coming back in this movie? Wasn't so. From the theories that I've read, and I didn't know this, mm. but the initial script for Scream 3 by Kevin Williamson had this, like, cult of Ghostface. Yes. Mm-hmm. And which obviously we can see potentially with the shrine, potentially with the graffiti all over yes. New York. We can mm-hmm. see that multiple people potentially feel differently about Ghostface than the rest of us do, even mm-hmm. though I do have him tattooed on my arm. I think Stu was meant to be a part of that. Yeah. And that's the big Mm-hmm. link that people are going well Stu was meant to be a part of that therefore he can just crop up in Scream 6 yeah mm-hmm. Scream 3 obviously had all kinds of production issues we talked about this when we discussed Scream 3 but originally Kevin Williamson had a premise for it and it was completely different to the Scream 3 that we got and like you said Louise Stu was going to turn out to be still alive and I think in prison but from prison he was orchestrating this cult of teenagers in Woodsboro who were all like the cult of Ghostface and it was like a a huge group of them like 10 of them that were the killers Mm -hmm. and uh, there was this whole idea for it these school kids killing people and then Columbine happened that whole script was scrapped and then we got Aaron Kruger's you know uh, script in Hollywood but I think a lot of fans are still always thinking about that idea of Stu orchestrating a cult of Ghostface there's something else that I'm want to point out from the previous movie Mm. so we speculated at the time that maybe my beloved Stu would return and a lot of the action happens in his house which is obviously the site of the original murders and the original scream but there was this throwaway line a couple of throwaway lines in in scream 5 where people knew who Billy Loomis was was we get his ghost as well and the connection with Sam but a couple of times in the movie people are like who's Stu Maher like Mm. who is that but then why immediately go and murder some douche nozzle that was stalking Liv. That douche nozzle is connected. I googled him. His mom is Leslie Mocker. Stu Mocker's sister. Who's Stu Mocker? Oh my god. He's Billy Loomis's accomplice. A real loony tune. He's not the one whose name and face has become a pop culture iconography, at least not in Woodsboro. And I feel like that is an interesting thread to pull out in this one. It was like, what if Stu is alive and has been in hiding for over 20 years because money, connections, big city, whatnot. And the rage that one would feel, especially an aspiring serial killer like him, if we go back to the very first one in the reveal, he's talking about how they want to become famous. They want to become famous, infamous serial killers. They want to have this amazing motive that scary movies made them kill and they're going to become like the the Gen X Ted Bundys, right? Yeah. And then everybody forgets about Stu. That is enough to drive an already insane psycho killer even more insane. And if you add technology, the internet and money into that, that is a recipe for a particularly toxic and insidious kind of cult that might happen. I I love this idea and it links to the idea of the true crime thing again this idea that this killer or killers are saying it's not just Ghostface it's not just Billy Loomis there were nine people you've Mm. forgotten about and these were real nine people who were real serial killers and you've all forgotten about them in the midst of all the stab movie you know mania and it's somebody who is in some way obsessed with these nine individuals so it's not just Billy Loomis yeah don't forget Stu don't forget Roman Bridger don't forget Mrs Loomis you know these other people everybody forgets about Mrs Loomis in the same way they forget about Pamela Yes. Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, it is that entire 
if he's been manipulating it, mm. yes, we had Roman manipulating. I mean, that was went back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. He was actually manipulating yes. Billy and Stu. If Stu has become the new manipulator, did this mean that he was manipulating last year's killers? That would too? track. Because they do mention in Scream 5 that they met kind of online. Because yes. he didn't, and s- somehow they got to that house. Does he mm-hmm. still have that house in his family? How did they end up in that house? The first question that Tara gets wrong is because she just says Billy's name. Who was the killer in Stab 1? <laughs> oh, I know this money, fuck! It's Billy Loomis! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Tara, but that's just not correct. What? No, 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 it is! It is, that is right. The correct answer is Billy Loomis and Stu Marker. There are two killers in the original stab. Exactly, I agree. Those seeds are planted from from that last film. And there is also this thing where there's a random kill in Scream 5 where a guy gets killed in a car park outside yes. the bar. And he turns out to be Stu's nephew, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and this lends to another theory that the killer in this one might be his mother, Stu's sister, who we've never met, who had her brother murdered, had her son murdered, uh, and, you know, in a kind of... Because I think this is something we can touch upon as well, but if these films are mirroring the original trilogy and this movie is a bit more of a Scream 2 type of movie, that maybe you've got this vengeful mother, vengeful sister coming mm-hmm. for people. And maybe maybe it's not that Matthew Lillard himself is going to come back, but maybe it will be somebody with a connection to Stu in some way. Maybe it is the family. Yeah. Because, like, it, who else would be angry about you know, even if it's a, uh, if it's infamy, of Stu's name being forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but just a family of psychopaths, maybe yeah. the the Marker House. Who we don't really know anything about that family. You know, it's said that we've been in their household so many times. I'm now imagining like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style dinner party. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! With the preser- <laughs> with a literally pickled, pickled Stu Marker, pickled, and someone has a hammer yes. to crack at the jar with him in it. <laughs> I would I love, love this. it so much, but. Then there's a bit of me that thinks if Matthew Lillard really was on set, wouldn't it have been leaked? Wouldn't people know? Well, we didn't by now? know about Skeet. That's true. That's we didn't. Very true. That's Skeet a very was good a point. Skeet was a surprise. And don't underestimate how absolutely intensely paranoid the production of each Scream movie is to yes. the point where we heard even from the last one, Scream Five, different actors were getting different versions of the script so that mm. they wouldn't know which one is the right one. But if they leaked it, then they would know. That's true. And they would get absolutely fired. Yeah, they would. <laughs> Do you think there's also a, a, a theory that I've, I've read a couple of people kind of talk about how maybe Matthew Lillard and maybe other characters might return, but in that kind of vision, ghostly, like in the way that Billy Loomis was in Five, you know, there's a possibility there when looking at those nine mannequins that mm-hmm. we might get, you know, Laurie Metcalf and Timothy Oliphant and people come back in some sort of vision form or memory or something like that. I think that there's a possibility there too. You know what? I like that, mm. but I also really hope that doesn't happen. And a part of me thinks that, as you really rightly pointed out, if the theme of this next one is the true crime obsession, mm. what if they get, rather than supernatural or ghostly, they get much more gnarly. Mm. So we get those faces, those people, but the remains of them. 
which yeah. would be so grotesque and fits into a lot of what a lot of true crime obsessives are, are interested in is, you know, tell me about the the nipple lamp. Mm. Tell me about how you made a suit out of someone's skin. Tell me how you preserved, you know, Stumacher's or Roman's head in the fridge. And it's sort of <laughs> yeah. displayed in this hyper techno, hyper high tech shrine to the ki- the ghost faces. Yeah. It kind of also lends to the idea that it could be a cop doing this, right? Because or somebody that has access to evidence and mm-hmm. real life stuff. And we've got we've not just got Kirby, but we've also got another cop played by Dermot Mulroney in this as well. So I feel like maybe the law enforcement are going to be quite a big part of this one. So he and his daughter are both in it. Oh. So it's the he's Detective Bailey, and I think I read that his daughter is also there and mm. there's theories around is it a father daughter killer combo because technically they've never had that no i wonder if there'll be more than two killers in this one as well if, there's if a you, bit the of cast is things. huge yeah mm-hmm. and yes that cast is huge so that they can probably kill a lot more very very quickly but also it means that there's a chance for you know a third act reveal for three of them to be like yeah, yeah. yeah. three killers or four killers or like a whole a whole sect of them yeah why the, not the, the ghost face cult it could be this mm-hmm. one couldn't it and you're right you know we've got a good cast as well as the the regulars coming back we've also got people like Samara Weaving uh, in this one as well we love Samara Weaving right uh, obviously from Ready or Not and actually there's a moment in the trailer when everyone's dressed up in fancy dress on the subway somebody's dressed as the bride from Ready or Not <laughs> with the wedding that. dress and the bullets you know over her shoulder and everything so i like those little nods but yeah there's just a very very quick glimpse of samara weaving in the trailer and so i kind of think is she just going to be in like one scene and then killed like more opener yeah i i wonder if because we only get a teeny tiny glimpse of her maybe that means that she has a more substantial role but they don't want to give away anything because it's where is she she's in like an alleyway looking around quite panicked yes on the phone yes yeah yeah, it's going to be so interesting, isn't it? And Gail as our only, well, unless you count Kirby, Gail as our only kind of legacy character coming back as well. And I wonder how much she's going to feature in this one. Well, she gets the call for the first time. Because mm. if we think about it, she was on the phone to Ghostface and Scream 2 and running around. Mm-hmm. But this time she got her own call specifically from Ghostface. That's interesting. Which she's is never new. had that before. Wow. It's she w- it was never really about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it would fit in, as we were talking before, considering that she was, in a way, the beginning of this whole ordeal, that they would come after her. Yes. Especially if it's tying into all the true crime things. I think that bit of this trailer is really scary, mm-hmm. where just Ghostface grabs whoever it is in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched it a few times. It's genuinely horrible. Mm. And I think it's also because... After what we after what happened with Dewey, I don't think emotionally. I don't know what I'm going to do with another legacy cast member being sliced up if that happens. And right. I think it can go either way. I think they'll either think that we'll think that she'll die, so they'll subvert it, mm-hmm. or they'll go, "Nope, we're clearing the slate for whatever's coming next." And I, oh, I know, emotionally, I always, I'm not ready. <laughs> I always think of the Star Wars sequel trilogy, which they reference in Scream Five, right? And mm-hmm. like the first one killed off Han Solo, the second one killed off Luke Skywalker, the third one killed off Leia, and it was like we get rid of all our legacy characters across Done. that trilogy. And I wonder if they're going to do the same. I wonder if Gale, is Gail going to die? In well, this one? I suspect that she will, mm. and not because I don't love Gail. I love Gail dearly, but I do think it might be. Uh, they might subvert it in a third way, so they might kill her off, but actually let her die more peacefully. Mm. Oh, okay, and then we get a, a beautiful final shot of her and Dewey's like n- resting places, one next to another. Oh, oh. dear, I'm so sorry. 
don't do that. When I rewatched when I watched last year's scream, I cried again when they chatted. It would I cried be the so first sweet, time. Though. Like, would well, yeah, but also so sad. It's emotional. That scene is emotional when they talk to each other in Scream mm-hmm. 5 and it's partly because of what we know they've gone through in their real life marriage as yeah. well. Like there is a kind of extra emotional weight to that, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, there was a real think. sadness to it yeah. when she cries and it's just suddenly like, oh no, now, now I'm crying. Yep. And I do think there's a, there's a sort of a meta reason why I think they might kill off Gail this time around. Give her a peaceful ending, uh, you know, bury her next to Dewey is because if they kill they killed off Dewey in Scream 5, if they end Gale in Scream 6. And as you know, you mentioned earlier, Mike Neff Campbell is not involved in this one. It leaves the door open for the return of Neff Campbell in a future yeah. installment mm-hmm. in a big, big way. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, as, as you know, as I'm sure most people know, Nev Campbell has kind of announced in the last year that she wasn't returning uh, to the franchise. And that was partly due to kind of like negotiations and payments. She released this quote and said, as a woman, I've had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. It's been a very difficult decision to move on. To all my Scream fans, I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive. I'm forever ever grateful to you and what this franchise has given me over the last 25 years so it's kind of really sad sad way to sort of exit you know isn't it that exit the franchise and i think for a lot of people the scream franchise is sydney prescott isn't it so yeah you know the idea of a scream movie without sydney it's going to be interesting to see isn't it i wonder if there'll be mention of her you know, mm. I hope there will be a mention of where she is or what, even a throwaway line where she is and what she's doing. Um, I do just hope that it's not a, a mention that ends her journey in some way, because that would be the most disrespectful thing. That yeah, could that, I think that would be really rude. And mm. I, I don't think I genuinely I don't see them, you know, after I mean, she talks about how much she loves She's always talked about how much she loves Scream, despite the fact that she's not a massive horror movie fan. There was that interesting <laughs> discussion between Jimmy Lee Curtis and Nev Campbell talking about how they're basically Scream queens and neither of them <laughs> like scary yeah. things. So I think the, the she understands exactly how much mm-hmm. it means to everyone and how much it means to her. And I don't think they would. And that would also, you know, that would scuttle any future ones and that would... Yeah, they want to leave the door open yeah. for her, I imagine, yeah. don't they? But, but also, you know, I remember us having the conversation this time last year about Scream 5 and how we thought kind of for all three of those legacy characters it felt like their arc had come to quite a nice end it was almost like passing the baton on by the end of Scream 5 the literal it? torch yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly it's like torch amber in the kitchen yeah it, yeah so I don't know like story wise I think I'm not too worried about the fact that Sydney isn't featured but I, I, I it's sad in the way it happened with Nev Campbell mm-hmm. I think isn't it yeah I agree it is it's disappointing but I still perhaps naively hold out hope that should there be a future installment, the door is open enough that with the right offer, Mm. she might come back and there might be a a finality to her character that fully, fully ends her arc. They leave the door open like she did at the end of Scream 3. (laughs) Exactly. So I guess the the only other big question that I have for for the future Scream for Scream 6 is every single one of the Scream movies has talked about the state of horror in some way. And Scream 5 talked about, you know, elevated horror. You know, I love the, the it's a thrilling message about motherhood and grief, <laughs> uh, not just stabby stabby. I still prefer the Babadook. Yeah. Great. Do you think horror movies will play a role 
in this one in the same way as they have in previous installments of Scream. Going by that trailer, when you, I hadn't noticed that there was no joke. Of course there was no lols mm. in that. But I think by the fact that the teaser had all of those different villains in it, which was yes. obviously the justification for it being Halloween and all of the different ghost faces being there. But I think it might be, there might be slyer nods mm. rather than straight up. Because, I mean, watching last year's Scream again, it is very on the nose with that. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing a lot still, but it is very on the nose. Like, because it had, it had, a, it had what, 12 years of horror to catch up on? Yeah. We've only got a year. Yeah. So it, it's not had it doesn't have to cram in as much. I agree. It kinda it's kinda like it's only been a year and they kind of gave us the ultimate comment on where horror was at last year, mm-hmm. didn't they? And yeah, I, I kind of feel like they've got to do something different. I, I do love all the visual nods to different horror characters on the subway, and I love that shot. You've got like Jason Voorhees and Pinhead and the yes. Babadook and Ghostface just being like, hi, peeping <laughs> ra- peeping round, like looking. It's it's amazing. Ooh, that's the other thing that I read which was interesting, and it was the, the the stew theory and it was to do with the subway and it was because of the art that was released oh, of yes. the ghost face mm-hmm. subway map and all the people who had died had white dots and stew had a pink dot mm-hmm. so I mean it could just be an art director going and I want a pink dot here <laughs> but also no. I mean it's a very deliberate decision because you're right you know it's this very brilliant you know kind of uh, illustration of who's dead and who's alive and they've they've so done it deliberately whether or not they're doing it to mess with fans because they know it's the most popular they're doing it to mess with me specifically (laughs) it should be green for your pickle false hopes (laughs) i do i do i i want to there is something that i was thinking as i was re-listening to our podcast our previous episodes do we think they might actually do a pub of horror villains shot just based on that one shot where there's Ghostface peeking out, there's I think the the girl from the Grudge yes, there's as well. The there's there, Samara yeah. weaving in Ready or Not. There's Pinhead. There's all these different ho- classic and modern horror villains. Are we gonna get a shot where our characters run into some sort of party or pub, and there's just everyone is there? That would be amazing, and that would reflect and kind of do a Scream Two mm-hmm. with every Ghostface in the cinema. So it would yes. re- it would basically reflect that exact thing. There is a vi- the, the, I think it really has a Scream Two vibe from the trailer. This idea that they're they're running around in public places, lots of people in ghost face masks. There are scenes even where that wherever that building is, where the shrine is, it almost looks like a theatre. There's like a stage, and there's a scene where they're sort of running through backstage through the wings of the theatre, and it, it definitely brought to mind kind of Scream Two vibes. Definite theatre because there's also in the super fast cuts someone falling off what looks like a theatre. Yes. Like state, like a ledge. Exactly. And that's... Also, hmm. just to go back to the subway map uh, poster of Ghostface as well, Stu's dot, Stu's station is a different colour, and Kirby's says closed. Clo- <laughs> Kirby's is a station with a little red X, and then in brackets underneath it says closed. It's like, what oh. does that mean? Oh. <laughs> Does it mean she's off limits? Like, what does... Yeah. Hmm. Or does it mean that they got to her? Or does it just mean that she's actually not dead like we think she is? Because it's a sort of map of all the dead people, isn't it? And maybe this is it confirming, no, she's not dead anymore. I don't know, but it's good. It's good. It's too good. They must have so much fun with marketing these films, right? (laughs) 
I cannot wait for this. They also want to bankrupt me in posters. The number of amazing art that's come out for this episode was absolutely absurd. There was one with this with the mask with the skyline rotated mm. oh, coming out. That's amazing. And there's so much cool like sort of neon stuff. And then Statue of Liberty yes. with the ghost face. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you have single-handedly bought every single piece of screen merchandise that's ever existed. I've pre-ordered you? the popcorn bucket from Cinemark. <laughs> oh, I literally would put a VPN on and had it shipped to the States. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, all right, I want to finish with some quick fire. Who's going to live? Who's going to die? I'm going to run through the characters that we know from Scream 5. Okay, Kirby. Dead. <gasps> oh, live. Oh, okay. I'm going to say live. Sam. Dead. Dead. Oh, oh I'm going to say live as well. Gail. Dead. <laughs> Anna's killing fire. everyone. I hate quick fun. <laughs> also, are we noting what's, what each of us are saying? So I will, can, I will yes. take note in uh, the edit. Gail, I th- I, I'm going to manifest her continued existence and say live. You're saying live. I'm going to say dead for Gail. Um, Tara. This is the trickiest one, I think. Lives but appears to be dead. Ooh. Yeah, lives, and she's one of the other spatula ones that just jumped in an ambulance. The spatula kills. So the producers are like, we'll kill her, but if Jenna Ortega wants to come back, we'll find a way to resurrect her. Turns out that wasn't that much blood. It was a flesh wound. It's fine. It's just taking after Sydney and Gail. I'm going to say lives for Tara. Um, Chad. Definitely dead. Dead. Dead, yeah. Mindy. Dead. Dead. She's too busy with the yellow jackets. Yeah, and mm. she's our new Randy. Randy died in Scream 2. Yeah. Yeah. There's even a shot that... But then this is what makes me double double think, because in the trailer, they almost show Mindy being killed. Like, Ghostface comes up to her in the subway yes. with a knife, and then it cuts. I'm like, oh, well, that's... You've sort of showed us she's going to die there, or is she not? Is that going to be the surprise? Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Um, next quickfire question. Who will be the opening scene kill, if anyone? I think it's going to be that one with Mindy. <gasps> she think the opening scene will be the subway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna guess Samara Weaving. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Samara Weaving as well. She could be in, our that, Drew. in that alley. Yeah, but I do like the idea that that teaser trailer on the subway is just the way the film opens. That's a cool this, theory. This is the reason why I suggested it. It's because you know that they're only showing us the things that they want us to speculate on, mm. not the actual meat and potatoes of the film. So what we're getting is just the, the little appetizer. So the fact that they've shown us so much of the subway just makes me think, and that shot in particular of Mindy almost getting stabbed yeah. it makes me think that that is the big opening number that then puts everything into motion it could be Samara Weaving could be the chick that gets killed second she could be you know the uh, Jenny McCarthy Sarah Michelle Gellar type person that could also be a fake out that could be a uh, just a Halloween ghost face trying yes. to scare yep. her yeah. and she's going to be petrified because she has a history mm-hmm. and then what we don't see is the cut and just a guy bursting out laughing and being gotcha Totally. Everyone's yes. entitled to one good scare. Done. Totally. You know? And then elsewhere on the carriage, someone else is actually being stabbed to yeah. death or something. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, yeah. How many killers will there be? Say, give me a number. Legion. <gasps> <gasps> I need an exact number, Anna. Legion. <laughs> <laughs> there will be many. Countless. Many. As ma- How many people are on the internet? Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Okay. Exactly. Louise? Uh, three. I'm going to say... Four. 
<laughs> well, just, just because podcasting is an oral medium, you can't see exactly how <laughs> conspirational Mike Munster looked, as you said for. I said for like it was something really profound as well. I'm just, I'm just plucking a number out of my head. Um, I'm so steadfast in my answers. I'm like, it's like I've already seen the movie. I know. Or read the script. I'm, I'm like, they're all dead. You're so confident. <laughs> I know. I love. Definitely it. have not seen it yet. I love it. Um, okay. The next question was who is going to be the killer? But if you think there are multiple, just name me a killer. Who do you think? Stu Macher. Oh, you're going for Stu. The detective played by Dermot Mulroney. I'm going to say Kirby. This means we cover all our bases. Yeah, I think I actually think all of them are going to be killers. <gasps> all three all of, them. of them. Yeah, Stu, Kirby, and Mulroney. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this. And and then finally, what will be the killer's motive this time around? We've sort of discussed this already, but what's your guess? The millennium. The fight it didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the recession. <laughs> the recession. Oh god, that's really bleak. The pandemic. <laughs> it's gonna be Scream is going to go in the eat the rich genre, where yes. it's like gonna be well, Stu has been corrupted by scary movies and <laughs> generational wealth. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, as you said earlier, Anna, the motive is going to be justice for Stu and the killers we've forgotten. I love, I love that theory. The killers we forgot good. along the way. Yeah, the killers we... Lest we forget. <laughs> Shall we make justice for Stu t-shirts? Yeah. Yes. I think I should. Or we get t-shirts with all of the forgotten killers. So like, you know, somebody <laughs> like the, with like Rory Be- Culkin. Like know. the Beatles ones, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. Stu Maher and... Um, what's <laughs> That's Rory Culkin. Yeah, I don't know. Charlie, 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 Charlie. somebody, uh, Jill, or whoever. Who are the Stu last two? And Charlie and Jill Amber, and Roman. Amber and Richie. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's funny that we really only remember Billy. Yeah, it's true, right? You do. Just and, as and, first two. And, and Mrs. Loomis. And Mrs. Loomis. She's a fave. Mother. Yeah. She's a fave. Um, there you go. There you oh, go. This has been great. The return of Hello, Sydney. This conversation has gotten me so excited, so excited. to watch I cannot it. wait. This is the last pure conversation we're going to have before we each see Scream <gasps> 6. I know, right? So we should say, so as soon as we finish recording this, Anna, you are about to go and see the film. I'm rushing off to see Scream 6. I'm going to see it all you'll by my lonesome. In, and you'll see it first. You'll have it in your head before we do. Oh, I, don't, I don't like it. I'm really scared. <laughs> last time, Mike and I got to see it together yeah. and we were like side-eyeing each other as things happen. And now I'm... Gonna... I had to sit alone. You yeah. did. In the cinema, being and now you being two get to see it together. <laughs> and now, yeah, so you're seeing it this afternoon, and then tomorrow, as we record this, me and you are seeing it, Louise, aren't we? So, so th- by this time tomorrow night, the three of us will be able to actually discuss it, and then we will get back together in the studio and record a full episode, mm-hmm. breaking down everything, and double check, fact checking ourselves what we're right about about yep. Scream Six and what we're very wrong about. I hope we're wrong about. Everything <laughs> except one thing. I've got a feeling we could be wrong about everything. Except, except, do you mean Stu? Yeah, I, I only mean Stu. <laughs> I'm doubling down on this obsession. Maybe next time I'll bring. I actually, <laughs> it's a digression. I actually do have a giant pickle. I might just bring it into the studio next time. I'll bring the pickle. We can put a little. How big is it? Can we put a ghost face? It's like it's like it's like this size. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm pointing to my entire size of her hand. (laughs) To my entire hand. It's like fully hand size. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Hello, Sydney. We will be back next week after we've all finally seen Scream 6 to see just how wrong we were with all of our predictions. We'll be discussing the film spoiler-free 
and in spoilerific detail. In the meantime, let people know where they can find you and more of your work out there online. Anna? So you can find me every week talking about horror films over on the Final Girls podcast and you can follow me on Twitter at Anna B. Demented where I post all the writing and other podcasting that I do. And Louise? You can find me on Twitter at shiny underscore demon and if you want to maybe relax and get away from horror for a bit you can listen to me on Radio 3's Sound of Gaming which celebrates video game soundtracks and there's some nice ones in there so you can just have have some peace after, and you know calm before you, <laughs> before you think about going next week. And in the opposite way to that if you want to hear more horror chat from me you can follow my podcast Evolution of Horror uh, I'm on Twitter and all the places where you can find your podcast and also a new podcast that me and Anna are doing about Succession for any Succession fans out there check out Succession Easters right? The Succession Easter. <laughs> The glee, so cool. the glee on Anna's face every time the title Succession Easters is You could argue that Succession is a horror series. Absolutely you can, yes. <laughs> you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Hello Sydney is produced by Mike Munzer and Anna Bogotskaya for Paramount Pictures. The show is hosted by Louise Blaine, Mike Munzer and Anna Bogotskaya. And it's edited by Mike Munzer. Scream 5 is available to rent and buy digitally. It's also available to stream on Now TV and Sky Cinema. And Scream 6 will be available in cinemas and theatres worldwide from the 10th of March.